So the little bit of time to build that connection is definitely going to serve you in the long run. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, one of the lead coaches at DocWorking.com, and we are so excited you're with us here today. We're going to be talking about three common communication mistakes that physicians make, and I'm really excited to be joined by my colleague, Lisa Kuzman. Lisa is a longtime clinical social worker turned leadership coach for women, just 15 years of mental health experience in healthcare as a hospital social worker, among other things. And she's also the wife of a physician. And so she understands this space and is willing to chat with us today based on her expertise to help all of you and all of us be able to learn ways that we can kind of up our communication game. And Lisa, why do you think that we as physicians, not me, we, I'm not a physician, but I coach physicians, why physicians might want to take a closer look at the way that they communicate in their work or in the world? Yeah. Thank you so much, Jill. And part of the reason why this is so important is because it is the most critical element of clearly helping people understand the task at hand, getting people on board and being able to move forward smoothly. Physicians are highly skilled in all the things that they do. And communication is one of those elements that is a really, really helpful factor for pulling it all together. Yeah. And I hear it all the time from my clients. It can be a challenge. It's like, wait, I didn't want this outcome that I have in this, whether it's a colleague relationship, sometimes even personal relationships or a work situation. And I think a lot of that boils down to the first mistake we're going to be talking about here <laughs> that you've identified, which is sort of underestimating the big picture. Or the first mistake we're going to talk about that physicians make is underestimating the big picture. What do we mean by that? Yeah, what I mean by that is in any given situation, you have your environment, right? So you have all the people in the environment, including you and your patient or the nursing staff or other auxiliary staff around you. Outside of the environment, you have the task at hand. You have however much sleep you got or didn't get, whatever may or may not be going on for the other parties involved, right? Everybody comes with a different perspective when it comes to communication. And it can be really easy to arrive in a conversation and only think about it through your own lens. It's supernatural. Obviously, that is the way that most of us do approach communication. But there can be a lot of cues in the environment if you just expand your lens out a little further to look at the whole big picture, including aspects for yourself and the other parties involved and then even the environment. And it doesn't have to be a super in-depth thing. It can take 20 seconds of consideration. It doesn't have to be a big, huge extra task. But that can be an extremely helpful component for being able to shift and maneuver your way into or through a communication to make it go more smoothly. So an example might be somebody who, if you're in a hurry, you've, you know, you're backed up your time, you run in, you're just like there to deliver information and it can backfire because people will tell you later they didn't hear or understand what you said. And so would you say like the technique for being able to help avoid this mistake, as you said, to sort of take in the bigger picture, is it just to pause and for instance, look at everybody in the room in the eye for a second? <laughs> is that a good way to take that temperature, so to speak, of what the environment is to help you calculate a better way for you to say what it is you need to say to get the outcome that you think is going to deliver the most help in the given situation? 
Yeah, Jill, I think a quick pause is super helpful. I think the other thing is, is even just like slowing down a touch, right? Moving really fast and being able to be juggling many balls in the air. Sometimes what happens is, is that we're not really taking much time to breathe and we're kind of rushing around. So we just simply miss something. So even just slowing down, taking a couple of deep breaths before you step into a room, allowing yourself 30 seconds, right? To kind of collect yourself or even just to make a little eye contact. Yep. Yeah. Eye contact is one of those things I'll sometimes um, share with my coaching clients as a way, if, particularly if they're really highly cerebral, they're used to thinking about things. They often are looking up and out to the left as their brains are kind of spinning and people will say, you weren't talking to me. And they're like, well, who else was I talking to? You were the only person in the room, <laughs> but it's something that doesn't always come naturally to people. So I think that's interesting. Okay. So the second thing I want to talk about, the mistake that you have identified based on your experience in this realm is physicians don't always think about positioning themselves in communication. What what does that mean? Yeah. So I come to my approach around this from social work and social workers often use what's called a strengths-based perspective. Essentially what I mean when I say this is to know yourself well enough to know what it is that you might need to be a little bit more successful in communication so that people hear you so that your thoughts are collected so that the point it gets across. And when we know when it's going to go well for us or when it's going to go poorly for us, we can adjust accordingly so that we can position ourselves for success. What might be a specific example of that? Or can you think of one that would help people put that into kind of a practical example? Yeah. One of the things that always works for me is to A, really take the time to like slow down the eye contact. We already mentioned that, but being collected. I am somebody, I can ramble. I can really go off tangent. I like to be chitty chatty. And sometimes when there's not a lot of time, that's not really productive or helpful. Or if tensions are high, it's also not helpful. So one of the things that I do is I look at what's the number one thing I want someone to hear me say, like that I want to get across, right? Because what I say versus what someone hears might be very different. So I'll come up with one to three things that I hope that people have a takeaway from our communication. Then that helps me not ramble around with my words. Yeah, I love that. I was just in a unique situation a year or two ago where I happened to be coaching a leader in a hospital of a team and then just somebody else on the team too. And of course, everything was independent and completely private and confidential. And I was hearing from two different perspectives how the meetings were not working. (laughs) They weren't working for the leader. He didn't feel like the other physicians were showing up prepared. The physicians felt like they were sort of on trial in the meetings. They weren't sure what was expected. And so my coaching was around for the leader to get an agenda out ahead of time with specific, we're, well, these, you know, we're just supposed to touch base and talk about research ideas. And I was like, no, you know, just give a little light structure to that. So everybody sort of knows what your expectation is and what you would like them to show up being able to communicate about. And for the team member, I said, now you've got this agenda, just think through, right? You don't have to spend hours rehearsing. But think through, how can I communicate this in a meaningful way that's going to leave me feeling like I have said something that matters? So I love this. I think that it's just, it's so simple, but I've seen results be very powerful by just taking a little time to think about this positioning, as you say. 
Yeah. And you're really speaking to something which I think is also important around this is that if you know your audience, that can be really helpful too. And sometimes it can be hard to shift gears, communicate one way with one person or one discipline, and then shifting in each scenario because it takes a little bit of additional time and energy, but it can be a highly effective way to actually get your point across or to be able to get things done, move things ahead by knowing your audience and being willing to shift accordingly based on personality. There's all sorts of different things that we can shift based on. Yeah. Yeah. And that reminds me too, of somebody else, a physician I was coaching a couple of years ago and was having trouble with some admin communication. And all we did was like, who's your audience? She had found that the admin would shake her head. Yes. As if she was understanding things, but she really wasn't taking it in. It was just kind of a habit. So we talked about pausing and saying, is this clear to you or is there a way I can say it differently that makes it clear? And that just simple question just dissolved all kinds of communication debacles <laughs> that seem to be happening over and over again. So I love that, the thinking about who your audience is and being more intentional about it. So the third mistake that you've identified that you see happens is no plan. <laughs> We're just going to go off the cuff. And I know we've sort of talked about you know being more intentional and thoughtful in the other two answers, but specifically, what do you mean by that? And what can we do about it? Yeah. Going off the cuff, you know, sometimes we have to do that, but formulating a plan and sometimes the plan is the objectives, right? Like I mentioned earlier, one of the things that I do is I have one or two, three things that I really want to be the takeaways, but the plan can also be timing It can be thinking about how you adjust what you're going to say based on who you're talking to or what is being addressed, right? That plan piece, just even taking five minutes to think through a few factors that are a part of that bigger picture. And as you can tell, like you can layer these things, right? So each of the things we're talking about today, you can layer them together to even have more of an impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That reminds me of a situation not too long ago where a client was really frustrated with the manager relationship and just was feeling not seen. And what we discovered is the way that the communication had been happening was she would get so frustrated that while she was frustrated, (laughs) she would go and address things in what the manager was perceiving as a defensive and whiny way. And that made her feel very unheard. And as you can tell, you know, as with your therapist background, we were in a dance, right? (laughs) And so planning out the communication, as you said, timing, so key. Process those feelings. All feelings have a right to life. It's not that you stuff down the feelings of frustration, but waiting to process those feelings so that she wasn't in an active, frustrated state when the communication happened. Think about how knowing that this perspective of the manager and then timing that communication and being clear, less defensive, less whiny (laughs) really did help. It really improved the relationship. Yeah. And I think planning, especially in really heightened situations can be extremely effective. And I think that physicians are prepared to do this because of the way in which they have to present information to other physicians for case management, especially in the training roles, right? So I used to be on a ethics committee and we discussed lots of really challenging things and each person had a different position and a different input. And I mean, we were, you know, ethics committees, (laughs) the nature of that, some of the discussions itself is really challenging. And so if you take a little time to prepare yourself really specifically 
and gathering these things, again, knowing yourself is also helpful, especially when things are really intense or you find yourself getting activated in some kind of way. That's a part of why I suggest this because it can help you remain calm and the emotional intensity, it might not dissipate but it may not be the thing that leads the conversation because energy and body language and everything about that, that can really carry forward beyond our words. And so Mm -hmm. by having a bit of a plan that can help with the energy management piece of it as well. Yeah. I love that. One of the other things that has come up in multiple sessions with physicians is the difficulty of small talk and in situations where they're in you know, and I, I'm not an incur. My job wasn't to say, well, here's why small talk is great. So my strategy for that was to just come up with three things that you find interesting yourself to talk about, whether it's travel, whether it's where are places that people have lived, whether it's what do people do in their free time, something kind of non-work related so that if the conversation stalls around whatever the, you know, if you're meeting with drug reps at a cocktail hour and the conversation stalls because you've talked about the, the work stuff there's a place to sort of continue going. So I just wanted to throw that little tidbit in there too, because it seems to come up with my physician clients fairly often. Yeah, I really love that. And I think that if you look at it through the lens of small talk builds connection and builds relationships, and not that you want necessarily to have like special relationships at work, right? Like that may not be where you want to spend your energy in building relationships, but what it allows people to do is feel seen and heard. And so much of the time they're not, when we feel seen and heard and paid attention to, we feel more connected and we're going to be more willing to opt in to help in certain situations. So the little bit of time to build that connection is definitely going to serve you in the long run, even though it might feel annoying and like you don't have time for it. 30, 60, 90 seconds of connection, eye contact, asking someone about their dog or their kids or their family or, or something that is going to have them feel a little bit paid attention to. It's definitely going to have a payoff. Yeah, I like that. That's another way to think about why that can be valuable. This has been so good. Thank you so much for these three reminders. And you have a podcast that I personally enjoy listening to a lot, talking about leadership that I think is a great resource for any physicians that just want to listen to great interviews from people around a variety of leadership topics. So tell us about that if you would. Yeah. So the podcast is called Serving It Hot, and it's where I dish the deets about how to lead in an online space. And I specifically curate people that I interview based on their willingness to be transparent about the real nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff that people struggle with in leadership, which is an atypical thing that you find out there, but it really is validating, normalizing, And I do it because I feel like that's the part that we all actually really want to know about what it takes to lead effectively is we want to talk about the things that you usually only talk about over beers, not on a podcast. So I just do it on my podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Serving it hot is great. And I do appreciate you being with us today. And at DocWorking, we are really excited about some other collaboration that we have with you, Lisa, because you have put together an incredible, I think, I I took the course and I think it's great self-paced course called Communication for the Win, which is specifically for physicians. And it's specifically for physicians. So if you are somebody who has noticed in yourself that you have communication patterns that are tough to break free from, 
If you want to feel less reactive and more grounded when things get intense and you want to dive more deeply into how you can be a more effective communicator to deliver meaningful results, this course is for you. You can check it out on our docworking.com website. All the information is there. Again, it's self-paced. You do it within your own time. It's easily achievable. It can be done in just a few hours, but you're going to walk away with some really tangible, practical ways for you to integrate new ideas into your communication patterns at work. And so I really hope that you check it out, buy the course, and help make yourself into a better communicator. Lisa, did you have fun doing it? Oh my goodness, I had so much fun doing it. You know, like you, I've now transitioned into the world of coaching, but spending 10 years working so closely with physicians in healthcare, my lovely husband is a doctor and I see the things that he struggles with behind the scenes and, you know, the stuff that he vents about. And it felt like a really, really fun way to be supportive of and bring my mixed lens of things. So, yeah, I had a lot of fun. And I really, really hope that when people go ahead and sign up and take the course, that they find it something to be approachable rather than one of those boring uh, communication classes you probably took in med school. That's great. Thank you so much, Lisa Kuzman, for joining us today to talk about communication, three mistakes that physicians commonly make, as well as inviting us to explore more on communication for the win. And thank all of you for joining us at Doc Working the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer. We'll see you next time. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.